everybody. Welcome to the Virtual Couch, episode 360, a special bonus episode. I am still your host, Tony Overbay. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, certified mindful habit coach, writer, speaker, husband, father of four, ultra marathon runner, and creator of the Path Back, an online pornography recovery program that is helping people reclaim their lives from wasting time, turning to pornography as a coping mechanism. And I still have a special going on that. So you can contact me for a code and you can get a discount on that program. It comes with a weekly group call that is amazing. But again, you can go to pathbackrecovery.com and find out more. On that note, I have to tell you that as my as my wonderful social media team, the Yeah Yeah Agency continues to put content out there and there's a lot more, I guess in essence, almost free therapy through my reels. So I highly recommend you go to Instagram, Tony Overbay underscore LMFT and find those reels. But there was a post recently and my my own beloved wife, who I love dearly, sent me a text and said, what's, what does corn or pornography mean? I don't understand. And uh, she was not the only one who asked me that. So let me explain that if you see posts on social media that talk about a corn addiction or somebody that is trying to move away from pornography, it is because you can't say, it's like Voldemort back in the Harry Potter days. You can't say the name. So you can't say porn or pornography or you'll actually get your account canceled, which is unfortunate because it just keeps that stigma going. And I understand that that is a way to try and keep people that are trying to proliferate the spread of pornography off of social media sites. But unfortunately, people are going to find ways to do it anyway. But then if I'm trying to talk about my pornography recovery program, I think people just say, I have no idea what he's talking about. I quite frankly love corn, corn on the cob, corn chips, whatever way it comes. If you are seeing me talk about corn or pornography, it is just a way for me to talk about helping people overcome turning to pornography for a unhealthy coping mechanism. Sign up for my newsletter. A lot of good stuff coming. Murder on the Couch, which is a a true crime meets therapy podcast. It is so close to releasing now, co-hosted with my daughter, Sydney. You'll find a link to a trailer in the show notes. So please go watch that. And then while you're there, it's on my YouTube channel. Uh, I think the kids say it's smash that subscribe button. I don't think they say that actually now that I'm saying that out loud. But hit subscribe, and I would love for you to watch those episodes. Sydney is hilarious and funny and so good on camera, but it will be an audio podcast, obviously, as well. And today's episode is is so fun to talk about. But I'm talking to my daughter, McKinley, or Mackie, and she is somebody that's been on the virtual couch several times and had a, a really amazing impact on a lot of people. Her, a couple of her episodes are in the top 10 or 20 downloads of all time. And she's been pretty open about her struggles with anxiety and depression. And one of the episodes that is, I know, in the top 20, the last time that she was on, she talked about just feeling this pressure to go and finish college when she really had this calling to be a cosmetologist. And so she finally went after that dream and she had found herself in a really amazing opportunity and situation. And we're fast forward a year and a half and she has an even more amazing opportunity but it is absolutely scary and terrifying. So we talk about that today. And I just, I just love every time that she talks about being so open and vulnerable. One, one tiny note that I think is a technical issue. I upgraded my microphone equipment. And so while I love the sound, there can be occasions where I think there's a slight delay. I've learned the term latency now. There are a couple of times where I feel like we're almost talking over each other. And I promise you that's not Mackie or I with a history of unhealthy father, daughter dynamic and trying to Look, old man, I'm going to get my point across, but I think there's a little bit of latency in the microphone. So you you might hear us talk over each other a little bit. And you can find Mackie, and this is, we realize we don't even talk about this till literally the very end. 
but she's in Orem, Utah. And that will make sense as you listen to the interview. But I also recommend go follow her on Instagram at Beauty by Mackie. And I'll have the link to that in the show notes as well. But with uh, without further ado, let me get to this episode with my daughter, Mackie. And I think that you will enjoy the struggles, the things that she has to say. And then she has some offers for virtual couch listeners as well. So let's get to that interview with Mackie. Come on in, take a seat on the but you're just a little nervous. Sometimes. Okay. But you know what? That is okay to have emotion. Speaking of that, McKinley Overbay, welcome to the virtual couch. Thank you, Tony. <laughs> it's so funny when you guys call me my name. Can I just tell you that? I think it's so funny. And so I do it every chance I can. Do you really? Tony? Thank you. Does it sound different if I call you McKinley versus Mackie? Yeah, I don't feel like you're talking to me. If I say McKinley? Yeah, I, my brain kind of shuts off. Oh, same when you call me Tony. Okay, McKinley, are you ready for your record fifth time on the virtual couch? Yes, I am, Tony. Okay. Hey, so uh, to sound a little bit dramatic, though, I think I had almost called this an emergency podcast recording, but that does sound too dramatic. But you are doing some life things, big changing things. Is that correct? Life things, yeah. Do you not like the phrase, I used to think this was hilarious, but now I think it was years and years ago because somebody last week mentioned that they didn't like this phrase at all, but adulting, are you tired of that one? Not tired of it. It is kind of silly, but it's also how else do you describe it? Okay, because I think this is definitely an an adulting moment, is that, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's any other way to describe it. Okay, because Mackie, what are you doing? Adulting, being a full-grown adult. By opening your own own salon my own suite your own suite but you guys okay well okay we'll get to that too and so the dramatic part and i tried to tamper that down a bit was i was going to say the last time we recorded you were venturing out and going and doing hard things you graduated cosmetology school and and that's a whole amazing episode in of itself because we talked about how you had felt even though we were the most supportive parents in the entire world correct yeah. <laughs> okay. So I don't know really about I like that. <laughs> really but that you even felt like you still needed to do some college. And we were saying, hey, go find your passion. And then you graduate cosmetology school. You you move out to Utah from Idaho and you go to work with somebody that had a pretty established salon. And that was scary. And you had all the fears of what if you don't know what you're doing and what if nobody shows up and what if you don't make any money and all those things. Yeah. Okay. And now what are the new fears in starting your own suite or your own salon? I mean, it kind of goes back to a lot of the same things. Yeah. Which is funny, but in a different way. Yeah. Because like, so scared that I won't have clients or I won't be successful or blah, blah, blah. But I have a little bit more experience now and I, I know a little bit more and like, I know what I'm doing now. So that's, well, and that's good. That, and so that, I love that. That's why I think that is fascinating that you have the similar thoughts, but they are, they're similar yet different because this last, I guess it's been about a year and a half. Where you've been working at Ivory, you've been working with, and I only know, I, I always joke about knowing her Instagram name first and foremost, which was Meg Brown Balayage. But that isn't, I don't think mm-hmm. Balayage is an official part of her name. Is that right? Not that I'm aware of. Okay. But so you had an, one. an amazing experience there. Maybe talk about the last year and a half. What's that been like? It's been, I mean, it's been great. It was definitely scary. And I was like pushed out of my comfort zone a lot, but then the last little bit, I feel like I was at the point where everything was good and I was comfortable and 
I was just ready for the next thing, the, the next scary thing. Yeah. Well, and Meg's been good about saying that. And I love this because I can, I have an intern and the things where if you're doing it right, you want your intern to launch and grow and be successful. Right. And so yeah. th- this was always the plan, I would imagine. Yeah. I agree. It was supposed to be a stepping stone into my career, career. And so then I, I just recently then took that career, career leap. Yeah. That's spooky. Very spooky, very scary. Hey, tell me if this even applies, but I often say the, you don't know what you don't know because you, how could you have known? But what in hindsight, looking back over the last year and a half, are there things that you didn't even know that you didn't know that you learned that would be helpful to share with somebody else or that are just some interesting things that you didn't anticipate about working with uh, Meg and working in the industry in general? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there are. A million, but like yeah. on the spot, nothing super specific comes to mind, but just in general, that concept that you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. I think it, I was just thrown into that so heavily because I realized going into the this industry and everything, I knew nothing. Like at the beginning, I knew nothing. And I, I seriously said like the first week I was working with Meg full time in an actual salon, I learned more than I had the last year and a half of being in school and like just I love that. being thrown into the real experience and actually doing it. And so I feel like it is just one of those scary things where, and I was, I would imagine this applies to other careers too, where it's like, you just have to do it. Yeah. Even though it's scary and know that as you keep going, you'll continue to learn more and you'll become more comfortable and you can lean into it and it'll be a good thing. But I definitely, yeah, I, I didn't know anything. And I think that's normal for certain things. It's just, you you don't know. And the best way to learn is to just do it. It really is. Because even as you're about to go into this new experience, and maybe I'm jumping too far ahead and we can go back, but all the things you had to learn with setting up your business and insurance and business expenses, a business name, all those things, you've just had to figure it out. That again, I didn't know. And I'm, and there's still things. I literally saw a TikTok today of someone who had just opened up a suite like I did. And she was like, Hey, number one thing you have to do, get an account right off the bat. And I was just sitting there going, I don't have one. And then like immediately going into panic mode, adding that to my list. And yeah. I'm like, okay, there's another thing I have to pay for and another thing I have to deal with. And so it is just that, yeah, just trying to figure out all the things and learning without becoming discouraged. And yeah. Getting too afraid or giving up, you know, which is scary, but well, again, all those are uh, the best way to do it. I think anticipating now or having the emotional maturity to know that how could I have known that and so don't beat myself up about it right. and then just be open to the, whatever that, right. that new experience is. Yeah. Just add it to the list and be like, okay, yeah. I've done all these other things. I can do that one too. But yeah, lots of scary business things. And I'm just like a silly little girl and I don't, I don't know anything. So that's but been. Yeah, but yeah, you do, Mackie. Yes, you good. do. But I'm learning. I'm yes, learning. Hey, I love the story too, where you, when you told Meg that you were ready to venture out on your own, because I think this so well illustrates how we can have all these emotions and feelings, even to the point of, of letting those feelings out, if you know what I'm saying, and then still be able to go through with a scary thing. So tell us that story, Mackie. Such a fun story. No, I, it's funny because I just, I was a little anxious and I was a little nervous to talk to my boss. And so I went to work that morning and I just threw up a little bit. <laughs> just, you because know. I was scared. 
Just a quick, <laughs> you know, whatever. No big deal. Did that, went, went back and gave my boss a quick call. Yeah. I was like, you know, <laughs> I think I need to talk to you before something worse happens. So that was, yeah, that was intense. But you know what? I did it. I yeah. did it and it was okay. And I only threw up the one time. Which is amazing. So. And uh, when your mother, we'll call her Wendy, now that we're using all the formal names. When she was telling me the story mm-hmm. about it, I think that day I had said, how did, did you hear from Mac? Did she end up telling Meg? And Wendy said, yeah, she did. And she was so nervous, she threw up. And I, it's funny because immediately I'm already thinking, oh man. And then that means she didn't tell her. And I feel so bad. I think I'm probably pulling up my phone to send you a text or, hey, how are you? And then she said, and then she told her and Meg was amazing and it was awesome. And that happened. Yeah. Nothing to be afraid for. Wow. But I think that's a whole thing in itself about life right there. Yeah, it really is. You just kind of have to do the things. And it usually ends up okay. And I love that because I feel like that's been a a process for you to acknowledge that, okay, here's the anxiety and I can feel it and I can get frustrated with it. But then it seems like very much, very often you then still follow through with whatever you feel like you need to do. Has that been a hard thing? Yeah, it's a hard thing. And it's something that I deal with every single day, like with my anxiety that just every time I have to do anything really. It's like, I feel that anxiety and I panic and I think I'm going to die or something horrible is going to happen. It's going to be the end of the world. And then so far up to this point, which this is something you like to rub in my face all the time. What? Nothing bad has happened. Like you always wait. tell, you always, tell, I would say, okay, sorry, back it up. I always say with my anxiety, I say things like, I think I'm going to throw up or I'm going to pass out. And you always go, okay, but have you ever? Do I really and say I that? Go, I say it really nice phone. though, right? Yeah, I really do. Okay. You say so nice. No, but you really do. Because I'll say, I think I'm going to pass out. And then you go, have you ever passed out from your anxiety? And then I go, no. And then you just roast me. Well, okay. This is funny though. I think that you were telling me, maybe it was a psychiatrist or something at one point that it even talked about, okay, and heaven forbid, if you do pass out, your body is basically saying, hey, I I can't, you're freaking me out. So I just need to breathe. So I'm going to tap you out for a little while so I can just breathe on my own. It's one of the most comforting things I think with anxiety because- for anyone out there that's super anxious, worst case, you pass out. Your body <laughs> does a quick little reset. And people even say passing out kind of euphoric and you just kind of, you know, whatever. And then you come to and you're breathing normal again and everything's yeah. fine. So that, yeah. That and okay, thing, here's the whatever. one that I sound, here's where I probably don't sound as sensitive, Mackie, is I think when you'll say things like, I don't feel like I can breathe. I think sometimes I think I'm hilarious when I say, hey, you've been good at it every, like your whole life up yeah. until right now. You say that to me all the time and I feel like I'm dying in those moments. And then you say that to me and I'm so mad, but you're right. So I can't be that mad. <laughs> okay, everybody's going to hear yeah, this. So think, far, I'm done this okay guy's kind of a jerk, right? Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, but you know. Seriously. <laughs> yes. well, that makes me laugh so much. I now, I'm, now I feel like I'm almost trying to pull things out of you. But I think when we were talking about this just offhand one time, there was also a concept that you had mentioned that had to do with a particular time frame of seconds that were not 15 seconds, but not 25 seconds. No, but 20 seconds. Yes. Mackie. Oh, what was that about? Tell me what you were telling me about the 20 second thing. Cause this one, I really have thought about this a lot. Yeah. This is one thing that's always stuck with me also in terms of anxiety, but I think when we were initially talking about it, it was in terms of when I decided to sign for my suite and go through with it and just decide to quit my job and do this big, scary thing. It's like, I just, I do this thing and it's, it's 
You looked it up. It's from a, a dumb movie or something. But. Okay, this is the best. Wait, real quick, this story. So it's 20 seconds of insane courage. And then Alex, you, I was talking to her about it. And she said that, yes, she didn't even, I think, realize it was from a movie. I found the movie. It's We yeah, Both Zoom. I didn't know Matt that either. Damon. I just knew it was, yeah. But she said apparently it was, Alex it was and friends. <laughs> well, and it was this legendary or, or urban legend example of some people that were spying on a kid that had went up to a doorstep situation to kiss a girl. And apparently he didn't kiss her. But then walking away, he just said something like 20 seconds of insane courage, you know, and then that was then made fun of, I think, for a while. But the, but yeah, it's from the movie We Built a Zoo. And I don't really know the context there. But tell me what it means to you. I just think I do this like in terms of whether it's job interviews or dates or making big, scary decisions or like whatever it is. It's just the concept that you can do. I mean, A, you can do anything for 20 seconds. Like anything in the whole world you can do for 20 seconds and you'll be just fine but also just the fact of like those big decisions and those the big scary part like the at the height of my anxious moments yeah. usually if i can just get through the initial whatever it is i end up being fine usually it's more 10 yeah. 15 minutes realistically but yeah. it's just the concept that like for example if i'm going on a date it's the just getting out the door yeah, Because it's the, when I'm in my apartment, I'm freaking out and I'm like, I can't breathe. And I'm like, I can't go. I'm going to die. Like all this stuff. But then I get out the door and I realize, oh, you're okay. Like you're actually fine. And then the date's usually fine and it's whatever. So it's just that concept of you just, you just have to kind of shut your brain off yeah, just for a second, do the thing and then feel the other things later, but in a nice positive way. Yeah. Because I feel like it can kind of sound dumb because in terms of, I'm like, yeah, I signed this year lease for my suite and I just shut my brain off to do it. That makes it sound kind of dumb. But <laughs> if you look at it in a different way, then it's yeah. like, okay, instead of leaning into the fears and the anxiety of taking the leap to do this big, scary, independent career thing, it's like I, I didn't let myself even think about the scary things. And I had done research prior. I had, yeah, you yes. know, crunched the numbers and done it's you know. Yeah. Knew it was a, it would be a good thing. I knew what my budget was. I knew all the good things. But then in that moment, just had to say, okay, we're not even going to think about failing or any of the potential scary things and just going to say, yeah, I'll do it. I'll sign it. Give me yeah. the paper. And then you just sign it. And then afterwards, I like called Wendy and I was like, I was like, D- was that stupid? I was like, wait. I was like, wait. At that point, all you, want, all you want is validation at that point, right? So at that point, it's like, it yeah. is not stupid. So even it if is it was wonderful. stupid, you don't tell me stupid. But no. And then she reassured me like, no, you knew your numbers. You knew what you could take. Like, you knew what you were capable of signing for. So everything's good. And this is what you want and whatever. But all goes back to that just initial. Sometimes you just have to be strong and courageous and have no anxiety and whatever for 20 seconds. 20 seconds. And then you can go back to feeling all your scary feelings. I love it. I can frame that from a psychology standpoint. You know, my favorite acceptance and commitment therapy. There's a researcher I had on Michael Tuhig that said, Happy, healthy people spend 80% of their time doing things that are important. And he said, not things that are fun necessarily, but things that are important. And then it was the unhealthy, unhappy people spend 80% of their time, in essence, trying to just seek joyous activities or avoid discomfort. And so you did things that were important to you. And in that Mm -hmm. world, then you can sit back and I, I say, watch the yeah, buts, the yeah, but what if it doesn't work? And yeah, but it's scary. And yeah, but I've never done it before. And all those may be true, but those are not productive thoughts when you're gathering up those 20 seconds of insane courage to do something that you already have said, this matters to me. This is the direction I want right. to go. You know, it's a good thing. And yeah. it's like, you just, it's just comes down to the, okay, just do it. 
Yeah. So like Which if I were to do 20 seconds, uh, if I did 20 seconds of insane courage to eat a ghost pepper, Mackie, because you know how my heat meter is, that would be the dumbest thing that I could ever do in my whole life. That or, air, or a warhead. Yeah, exactly. So there are things, I mean, you can add a million things. You maybe shouldn't just, I don't know, get a tattoo in 20 seconds. There's things yeah, that right. maybe think that for at least, at least like 10 minutes. <laughs> okay. Is that what it is? <laughs> I don't know the real rules, but That's you know. right. Not everything's be 20 seconds. Right. But as long as it says pa and not ma or I love pa, then that's there okay. Yeah. Yeah. As long as you don't forget to think things through, have plans a little bit, but just also don't let Ooh. the whole point, just don't let the scary, anxious stuff take over. I love it. Something that could be stuff. Okay. Can we go? You mentioned plans. Can we talk about this is one that I feel like will be, I'm so convinced that this, I know I am leading the witness. I am confirmation biasing. I am doing all these things. And so I want you to tell me back off old man, or it's not that easy or those sort of things. And you may know where I'm going here next, but so here's that part where, you know, plans, this wasn't your initial plan as a somewhere between 21 and 24 year old human being that you are right now. Right. I know. how. I'm offended that you don't. I do. I know. I do. No, you don't. We'll talk about it it later. But I almost feel like who wants to go first? Do you want to talk about what your plan was or do you want me to tell everybody why I was right and then you agree with me? Which one? Yes. No, you tell about where did you kind of anticipate things at this point? I really, and I mean, I could blame you and Wendy for part of this because you guys got married when you were 10. (laughs) So did did only friends and all that rich. Oh, that's a loud. (laughs) Sorry for Alex editing the video. That probably just blew her eardrums out. (laughs) We were not 10. Uh, but I'm really, whatever, you basically were. You might as well have been. You rounded up, it's the same thing. <laughs> but anyways, I just genuinely thought I'd be married by now, which I know is so young. And I know it's, that's kind of silly to be like, I am young. And that's silly. But full, complete honesty, I really yeah. did think that I would I would be one of those people that went off to college. And my first couple of semesters met somebody, then stopped to go into college, and then just got to go be a mom. And I was you're, so- uh, Getting your like, MRS like, degree, am I right? Let me get that joke in there. That one used to make me laugh. That one's super offensive. Yikes. Yeah. I've never heard that one. Are you serious? Um, okay. But yeah, I really have it. But no, I really did just, and I was like, I thought that was the dream and that was like exactly what I wanted. And then all of a sudden I was 20 and I still wasn't married. And then I was 21 and then I was 22 and now I'm 23 and I'm not even, not even close. Not yeah. even, you know, not even, yeah. nothing, nothing coming up, nothing. So that, yeah. So anyways, so I just thought I'd be married and get to be a mom because that is really what I, yeah. what I want and what I, I don't know. I think that'll be. Will be amazing. You'll be amazing it, at that. It, yeah. It'll be, it's slightly my calling in life to be a mom, yeah. I'd say. Yeah. But life doesn't always go the way that you, well, it never does. Life basically never, you know, whatever. Yeah. Things. You make a plan. That doesn't so that has not been the way that my life has gone. And I always just thought I'd be a mom and then I could do like hair or something with the beauty industry, like kind of on the side, like out of my house or Something where it was just, I could choose a day or two here and there and do something that I knew I could be passionate about. But I never thought that I would have to, or I never saw myself being an entrepreneur, like a yeah. career woman or a boss lady or, you know, anything like that. And I just didn't really have any interest in it. And I didn't, I just figured like, oh, I won't need to do that. Yeah. It just won't be a thing. And then naturally, my life has not gone exactly how I planned it out in my head when I was like 14 or whatever. Yeah. And I've had to then make this shift of like still keeping my goals and my dreams, but then also healthily leaning into something that I know I'm passionate about. Yeah. Which is all the hair 
stuff in the beauty industry. And I don't know. It's yeah, it's been a weird thing, but it's been strangely the best thing that could happen in yeah. a weird way, which is this is kind of where it starts to become where you're right and whatever. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. I, wait, no, wait. I didn't actually no. say that. I think I heard I no. think it cut out. What'd you say? You no, nothing. Oh, I will I will <laughs> replay that clip but, over and over. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. But it is the thing that I've learned so much about myself and I've had this opportunity to learn more about who I am, who I want to be, what I want out of life, what I can offer to others. Just so many things yeah. that I wouldn't have necessarily had the opportunity to, I don't even know, see, have, get, had well, my life gone the way that initially yeah. thought it would. And can I go on a little soapbox rant here yeah, for a second? You can, yeah, you can do Okay, your- because I feel like this is where, and it's so interesting because had you gotten married at 10 or 11, like your mother and I, which by the way, right. I think I was 19, almost 20, and she was 18, almost 19. So very much older than 10. But it was interesting because, well, we thought we, you know, we thought we were so old. And this is where anybody listening that is already married or young, of course, I'm not saying, wait, you need to break up right now. That's silly. Right. Because for some people it works and it's great. Oh, yeah. But I do. I honestly, and I will speak about this with such passion, but I feel like as a marriage therapist, 1,300 couples into this thing now that no one, no, absolutely no one knows what they don't know about relationships. They don't have the tools to communicate effectively. And I do, I call it the crapshoot theory. And your mom and I got lucky that we happened to just like a lot of the similar things and things seem fairly easy. And so then, you know, it isn't until later in your relationship where all of a sudden you start to deal with difficult things and you you like each other. So it's a little bit easier to work through. But I, right, so I'm it ends convinced. Up being a play, but yeah, it's a lot. yeah, but I'm convinced that, you know, it should be 25 or 30 or something because, and this is where I know it's going to sound like I'm saying it just because you're my daughter, but I would say this to anybody. But when people are spending their 19, 20, 21 trying to figure out who they need to be in order to try to keep a relationship or get a relationship, that they're not learning who they are. And so you have slowly but surely been finding out who you are as you learn to do the things that you like to do and you're really good at because I know we haven't even talked about all of the opportunity you have to basically be a therapist in a chair. I want to talk about that. And we were talking about when we were kind of doing a little pre-interview, but the stuff where I want to ask you in a minute about why you like doing things like color and just getting to see the change in people. And there are so many things I had no idea that really was behind what you're doing that I feel like that raises your well, emotional, emotional baseline. Really either. Yeah. Right? And so yeah, you are this different person now. And I feel like you're putting yeah. yourself now, you're a, a stronger, more confident person that it will now show up in a relationship versus trying to figure out who do I need to be. So now, all right. You, right. When I was like 19 or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I no, just think because it wasn't, it was something I knew I could be passionate about, but I don't even think I knew. Like I didn't, I didn't know what I didn't know. And I didn't yeah. realize that that was even, I didn't know what that even meant. Like, because I'd hear people say, you got to find something you're passionate about and right. whatever. And at the time, I'm like, well, I like makeup and I like whatever. And yeah. And so in my head, I was like, I could be passionate about that. Like, I could like it. But I didn't know what that would feel like and what that would look like and how incredible it is to actually be passionate about something and to yeah. get to it every single day and live like that. And then, yeah, as as I'm young and I'm learning and I'm growing and I'm finding out more about myself, it's like I'm I'm able to do that through this thing that I'm passionate about, if that makes any sense. And it's just this kind of unreal experience when I step back and look at it, because it is, this is my job. Yeah. All these amazing things are happening, but it's, it's my job. So talk about like, talk about the, you're telling cool stories about when I was asking about what do you like about the things you do now? And of course I literally sometimes think back to when I used to get my haircut, which was literally 20 years ago. And it's, you know, you're doing all kind of color and extensions and, 
you're spending hours with people. And so talk about that. What are you seeing and doing? And what is that part where now you feel like, oh man, I love this. What all is that? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so much to it because I think initially it was just, I just didn't know what went into it. Like, yeah. in, you know, in school and everything, I was just like, okay, I don't really get what I'm doing here. But there's so many sides to doing hair that I think people don't even realize just from a, a technical standpoint. There's, yeah. there's science to it and there's like all this color wheel and canceling things and there's pH balances and there's like just all this stuff that you don't really think about that factors into it. So you're doing all this like science and because one could do damage, then, right? I mean, you could damage, do some oh, yeah. damage. Oh, yeah. That, like yeah. fry people's hair off. And there's yeah. scary things that can happen. So it's like you're doing all this scientific stuff, but then it's also this really artistic, creative outlet. And I've always been someone who's been fairly artistic throughout my life. That's always been kind of an outlet of mine. Well, can I uh, pause right there, Max? So I mean, I, I don't like, I hate to t- feel like, I feel like I'm talking over you, but it's like, that's the part I didn't even understand the depth of that because, I mean, the things like the way you blend things and the looks and then the head shape and all the stuff you were talking about. And I go back to, you know, you, you taught yourself music, you taught yourself piano and how to sing and you drawing. And I mean, you poetry, all those things that you've just done that I never realized that creativity or that creative outlet could then be expressed in somebody's whole countenance and appearance. It blows my mind when you talk about that. Right. Right. And like same with the makeup and all that. So it's like, it is just this thing that I've always low key been really passionate about in my life. Yeah. But then I've, I've been able to make a career out of it because there is this artistic side and I do get to like zone out and do this thing that I love and I get to channel that creativity, yeah. which is just so fun. But then I'm also doing this technical scientific stuff, which is also fun yeah. in like a nerdy way. So that's cool. But then on top of all of that, well, I guess two things. I get to make these connections with people that I don't think you, obviously there's, a million careers that you get to make connections with people. But there's something different about this career that and the connections that can be made because it is this kind of vulnerable one-on-one setting, which is kind of weird, but it's casual. It's so casual. And it's so just, I mean, people open up and people like just are themselves. And again, it's just vulnerable. And it's, and so it's like, I get to really connect with people in ways that I didn't think would ever happen. I never really thought going into it. Like I didn't think about the conversations that I would have and the things I would learn about people or any of that stuff. It never crossed my mind. And then all day, every day, I'm spending hours with individuals and I get to just see them for exactly who they are. And I get to love them and I get to know them and I get all this stuff. And so that's a whole amazing thing in itself. So it is, you know, I I listen a lot and there is an aspect of it that sometimes feels a little therapy-like, obviously, yes. An amateur, and that's mediocre therapy that I'd be giving. Oh, but please, it's it's people just it want to be heard, like though, Mac. Thing. They want to be heard, and they're in this position of vulnerability. I'm not sitting yeah. there also holding someone's potential look in my hands as well right. as you are. So that's powerful. And so it is just there's this different side of it there that is just amazing, though. And I think it's like you just become friends with everyone you get to interact with, and it's just positive space. And I don't know, there's just something about it and about those connections that. Again, I just didn't think would be a part of this career. I thought I'd just be slapping color on people's hair and send them on their way. And like, yeah. None of this personal connection part. And then there's also just this, you get to see like, I mean, there's always a big reveal at the end, right? And I never thought after about this. What is that like? Work. Yeah. It's like I put in hours of work and I've done all this science and art and all this stuff. And then I get to see it like come to life. 
And then I also get to see people's reaction to my hard work, which is fun. It's always fun to feel validated about your own whatever. Yeah. But it's also just this cool thing where I do get to see people's confidence shift or I get to see people kind of feel like themselves again or just all these little things that maybe to someone, no offense, with no hair, wouldn't really like understand. <laughs> I wish I had it, Mackie. I think that could be fun. Yeah, different look. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where it's like, because some people, their hair doesn't mean a whole lot to them, but other people, it's it's really important. And it is this really special moment for them. And it's their self-care time. And it's their their time that they get to just take for themselves. The thing I feel like I say the most is anytime anyone like apologizes if they're busy or on their phone, or I'm always like, it's your time. You do whatever you want. That's and nice. if they want to be silent the whole time, they get to be silent. If we just want to turn up the music, we turn up music. If they want to talk, like it's... Yeah. It's whatever they need, and I get to be the person who advocates that. And I don't know. It's just really, it's really special. Which I know to some people, they're probably just like, it's hair. Like mm, even people that get their hair done, to some of them, they're just like, it's hair. It's just an appointment, whatever. But there are those really just amazing moments within it, and it is just something that I feel like I've got. I've come to be so much more passionate about than yeah. I even thought was possible. Yeah, no, I love everything about it. Yeah. No, that was so good, Mac. And I feel like if anybody is listening right now, maybe this is the sneak, sneak, sneak preview too. We've been talking about even creating a tiny little workshop around the therapy of the hair chair and that sort of thing. And Mackie and I are at some point where we've got some, we're laying out the bones of a little course that we want to put together because I think about that. Even what you're talking about there is even if somebody says, I want you, I want your people to be able to, even if they don't necessarily think it's exactly what they want. What an opportunity, because I think this is times where sometimes people don't even really know what they want or what they like. And they are almost probably saying, okay, make me beautiful. And probably, I don't know, 90% of the time you do. And that other 10%, then what a time for them to say, okay, yeah, I really didn't even know. So what is it I like about this or don't like about this? And so in the world of therapy, a lot of times when people say, I don't even know what I want to do. And that's even just a story their brain will hook them to, because in reality, then start doing. And now we'll figure out, Okay, I like that. I don't like that. And I was thinking about that with hair. I mean, even if somebody is like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go in and self care and I'm going to do something with my hair. And then I want them to be able to be honest and say, okay, I like some of this and maybe not all of this. Cause at least now, now they're starting to think about it. So I think that's, I don't know if I'm even right. making sense there to a professional. No, you, no, you totally are. And yeah, I love my clients that will just be honest with me, you know, okay, and, that's like, well, and we can have those kind of tough yeah. conversations or kind of about, I didn't like this. But I like this or I want this and I didn't, you know, whatever. And it's like, you do kind of have those conversations, which is uncomfortable at times, but it's good for me in terms of I get to grow and I get, you know, and it's, well, and it's I love that. Honestly, world. and this is yeah. where I feel like it's almost like everybody now that the mental health stigma is, is lessening that your therapist becomes part of your, I don't know, your life. And I want to think your hairstylist, your cosmetologist does as well. And that then because they get to know you so well that then they can say, man, yeah, I don't know what it is about this one that I, I like this or not this or and feel safe enough. I mean, then that's where I start getting all therapist about right. it, where you feel safe that you can be open and vulnerable with another human being, because that's where the we're so afraid of contention that I think people won't even won't even bring something up. They'll just go somewhere else. Well, it'll be better over here with somebody else. But in reality, tension is where that growth occurs. It's like, no, we can talk about it. Yeah, because right? yeah, that's a that's a big okay. boy principle yeah. right there. That really is. So. That's where I feel like, oh, Mackie, you just wait. You've got all the tools and we're going to solve the world's problems. And I'll take the therapy angle. You got the hair angle. We'll meet in somewhere in the middle. So with that said, and I really appreciate that too, that the science part, the creativity part, but you're also nervous and this is a brand new opportunity. And so this is where it will sound like the world's biggest commercial. And I kind of don't care because I want people to go and see you. So how do they find you at this point? 
Is that scary? Like, how do you get the word out? What do you do? That it's all like social media these days, which I don't know how to do that. Yeah. But no, I just, I have an Instagram with Beauty by Mackie. Okay. And I'll, I'll link all these things. Yeah. Or okay. you can message me, whatever. Yeah. But that's, that's how to find me. Okay. And then your place. And I like this too. Tell me if this is too much, but you, this is the stuff I've been proud as a father to watch you create the environment that you want to create because you have a very specific, what a vision of what your salon, your suite will feel like or be. What is that? I just, my favorite place in the whole world is my bed. Okay. That is just where I feel safest. Whatever. I know. Crazy. So I just really, I want that to translate to my suite and my space. And I want it to just be cozy and safe. Like those are kind of my two initial words that I was like, okay, cozy and safe. And just really like safe haven, like a little what my bedroom feels like to me. I want that to be this space and I want it to be a space that clients coming in can just come into and put everything else aside and just get whatever they need out of it. Whether that's, again, sitting in silence and just having a minute to themselves or talking about all the crazy things in the world or talking about the heavy things or whatever. It's like, I just, I want it to be cozy and safe and I want to be able to be whatever they need me to be in that moment to get them what they need and let it just be this good, positive thing in their life. I love it. Even if it's just this one small thing, couple hours every, however however long. Yeah, cozy and safe. I forgot also you are doing different certifications and hollow needle piercing, which sounded scary. And I remember the first time that you called home after that (laughs) and you said there was real blood involved and things like that. Not in a scary way. There was real blood. Yeah. No, no, but there was your butt. Yeah. So I, I did get certified in piercing and I plan on getting certified in other things, I think later on, but it's just a, it's another fun little thing. And it's fun for me to do because it's like a weird little adrenaline rush. Can yeah. Be the piercer. But then it's also, again, just this other, it's just another thing for people to come in and be like, Oh, I want to get a piercing. And it's this fun thing for them. And it's yeah. like another way to express themselves or this fun little thing that's just for them. And just another fun thing. When you were at home and maybe doing some of those things, very, very safe and very clean, of course. But I love nothing more than slow motion videoing the person's as the needle went through their ear. And every, I promise every single time though, it was, there was the anticipation was so scary, but then it seems like the thing happened and that it was routinely met with a, Oh, is that, was that it? And I think that was hilarious. I got to the point where I just thought that was really funny to see. So I don't know. I can't imagine what that feels like for you. Yeah. 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 It's funny, but that just went full circle back to what we were talking about at the beginning. <laughs> Things seem real scary at first, oh. and then you do it, and it's not. <laughs> hey, I feel like that should be mic drop moment, then we just end. That's true. Interesting. Okay, so, but I do also, okay, I just have to be very transparent. And we had a, a, I thought, a hilarious conversation when we were talking before, and I was saying, okay, Mackie, you were as gracious to say that if somebody mentions the podcast, you're going to do what? What are you going to do? $10 off. Yeah, which I think is great. And, I, and then I said, Mac. Oh, I think the virtual couch wants to pay for the first person who comes and does like a full, whatever they need to do, let the virtual couch pay for it. And if I remember correctly, and I don't know if you started with, hey, old man, when's, when's the last time you got your hair cut? And I said 2003, and it was by George the Barber, uh-huh. and literally, rest in peace, what a great guy he was. And he was kind, oh, and he would, he would move his scissors above my head. I know he wasn't cutting anything, and kind of just move his hands through it a little bit. And I thought, oh, bless his heart, he's making me get my... $12 worth. And so then it, oh, I realized that's probably not what we're talking here. It has been 20 years. 
since you got that haircut. And it was a comb over haircut. Like yeah. it wasn't a haircut. It was like a hair. I don't even know. I don't, little, I can't even come up with something dusting. funny. Yeah. Just a little yeah. messing around up there a little bit. But really? so I don't, I know it can be a very expensive process. So then I, but I still told Mackie, the first person who does a thing, bigger thing there, I would love to take half of it as a virtual couch a discount. Where are you located? I'm located in Orem, Utah. Orem, Utah. That would help. Utah County for anyone. I'm a big facet. I love the concepts around trivia. And so the first virtual couch client to go to Mackie and then get something done, then we want to document that on social media and that will forever be in the archives. So somebody there can reach out to you as well. And then it has to be somebody that you've never seen and they want, they, they've reached out because they heard you on the podcast. I think that sounds fun too. Yeah. Okay. So nice to be you. You're welcome. I'm impressed. I really am. Not just as your father, but also as the fact that, holy cow, for some of the things that come on in the past, and we talked about depression, we talked about some anxiety, we talked about fear and scary things. And a lot of people, when I go look at those episodes, and I'm not just saying this because you're here and you're my daughter, but I mean, I think I was sharing with you. I mean, a couple of, one or two of them are definitely in the top 20 of all time downloads. One's in the top 10 and that people really have resonated with your honesty and your vulnerability. And so here you are doing scary things and doing things that you didn't anticipate doing at this point in your life. And you're being so honest about not saying, oh yeah, anxiety, gone, done. Don't even see it around anymore. Right? Potentially even worse. No, it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> right. But then still but that, being able to do that, these things. Yeah. And that's, I'm just so impressed. Yeah. So you do it all scared and that's okay. Proud, proud of you. Love you. What an impressive human being. This is exciting stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So uh, <laughs> I, we will, I can't wait. We'll have you back on in a little while and just see how things are going. Okay. Thanks. Sounds good. Compressed emotions flying past our heads and out the other end. The pressures of the daily grind It's wonderful Elastic waste and rubber ghost I'm floating past the midnight hour They push aside the things that matter most Explode, allow the understanding.
you broke.